Welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little about farmer rebate programs, but we've got a lot to get to, including the Ag PhD mailbag that will be coming up just shortly. If you've got any questions for us, we'd love to talk to you. Our number here is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. All right, so I'll just give you a couple quick things on farmer rebate programs, then we're going to move right to mailbag, and we'll be getting back to rebate programs here in a little bit. But anyway, I would just say this. There are a lot of programs out there. I mean, a lot of programs. And sometimes, as a farmer, we just, I, 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 at least this is the way I feel. We go, oh my goodness, it's so complicated. Just give me a cheaper price, right? I think we, at some point or another, have all said that. But here's the thing. With a lot of these companies, they tie multiple things together. And I get it. If they get you to buy three of their products, you get a bunch of rebate money. Whereas, what's the incentive for you to buy three of their products otherwise. So that's one of the big reasons why they do that. In addition to farmer rebate programs, there are massive finance programs. And you may not need financing, okay? You may have stuff with your bank. You might have enough cash. I don't know. But here's the thing. A lot of these companies are offering 0% financing and not charging anything to you. So in other words, companies like BASF, Bayer, FMC and others, they're eating the cost of that financing. And so I've said, I know I've said to several of them, okay, well, I don't need financing. Why don't you just give me a better price? I know you're eating the money on that deal and spending money in the financing. Just give me a better price. Well, they won't do that. It's too complicated to do that. So even on our farm where we said, okay, we got a great relationship with our bank. We're borrowing really cheap right now. 0% 0% is better than any any amount I'm going to pay at the bank. So we're still taking advantage of those finance programs as well. So I just encourage you today. We'll, we'll go through a few things today and give you a few specifics. But I would just encourage you, above all else, talk to your retailer, find out what programs are out there, and figure out the net net on everything. Because in some cases, some of the name brand companies are so desperate for sales that you can actually buy their product after the rebate for less than the generic alternative. So all I'm saying is at least do your homework on that. I know we've had to on our farm, but it saved us thousands of dollars. So it's a little bit of work, a few phone calls. You can save thousands of dollars in a lot of cases. And that's that's what we're all really after. It's trying to be more profitable on the farm. Okay, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's the mailbag. All right, Brian. Uh, First question comes from Matt, and he's up in North Dakota. He said, our fields are dry. We worked them last fall. Our soil temperatures are already pushing 40 degrees at two-inch depth in central North Dakota. I'm wondering how early is too early for the three pre's and soybeans, and should our rates be higher when we're putting them on this early? Tough Tough not doing anything when we know we can roll out there. Yes, I agree 100%. Let's put it this way. We've already sprayed a bunch of pre's on our farm for corn because we know we're planting corn first. My concern gets to be, when are you going to plant those beans? Pre-emerge Let's just say it's May 1st, herb- well, say it's May 1st yeah, but for example. Here's, here's my point. Pre-emerge residual herbicides will only last so long. If it's May 1st and if it's North Dakota, 
there are almost no weeds that will have emerged by then. So in other words, we don't have to worry about loss. Okay. If now, granted, May 1st is whole different in North Dakota than it is in Missouri. All right. So just so we're on the same page here, we're not saying May 1st for everybody. Darren's saying May 1st for North Dakota. Okay. My, my point is simply this. If weeds are growing, they will use up the three priests. They will use the residual of, of anything, okay, any residual herbicide you put out. So that's the reason why we will always tell you, look, if you want to spray something in the fall or in the early spring, that's fine as long as you plant as the frost is coming out of the ground in the spring. If you're going to wait until two months after the frost comes out of the ground in the spring, now that's a different deal. So for us, the frost came out early, the soil temps are warmer than normal. That tells you that the weeds will be coming sooner than normal. So I would expect for us on our farm, we will have weeds starting to come up the middle of April. All right, so I don't mind that for all these pre's we've already sprayed on corn because we're planting on planting our, our corn the middle of April. But if let's say we were planning on planting the soybeans the middle of May, I would say, you know what? we're going to wait until the middle of May to put on the three pre's. So we we just, so I, I hope you understand where, where I'm coming on this. And I, I know I've really gone into a lot of explanation here, but I, I, you could be six weeks early. You could be six months early as long as nothing is growing in that time. So for, for us, when we talk South Dakota or for his question, North Dakota, spraying early, awesome. But if you're going to spray early, you've got to plant as soon as the weeds start to come. Otherwise, you're going to be losing a bunch of your residual. All right. Thanks for the question. We appreciate that. I got a comment here from RK. He said, the best thing I discovered on YouTube as an agronomy graduate was Ag PhD. I feel like I didn't learn enough at the university. You know what, RK? There's always more to learn. You're going to find that out. doesn't matter how long you've been out of university. There's more to learn. It's just a lifelong learning process, especially in agriculture. Always lots of things changing. Our dad always said, school is just learning how to learn. You said, you're not going to really learn much about farming when you go to college or agronomy or anything else. Now, I don't know if I totally agree with that, but the point is simply this. you got to be learning every year, like Darren said. All right, got a comment here from Joshua. Also, he said we were talking about humic and fulvic acids, and he said it was quite an interesting discussion. He said, I've noticed this in the human body, too. My friends who are super fit, have a good diet and so forth, haven't really noticed much of a benefit when taking fulvic acids, whereas friends who are unhealthy, have a poor diet and not that fit, said it's been great and an energy booster for them. (laughs) Very interesting. Thanks, Joshua. Yep, our grandpa was big on vitamins. His brother, who was a doctor, was big big on no vitamins, just eat a well-balanced diet. So, yep, we agree. Well, there's lots to talk about today. We're going to discuss some of the farmer rebate programs as you're making some of those last-minute decisions and starting to get out to the field. There may be some things that you missed that could save you dollars per acre. We'll talk about those on today's program. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Want to cut production costs without losing yield? Brian Ryberg from Buffalo Lake, Minnesota has done just that. Here's his story. We began using a soil warrior in our farm the fall of 2014. We've seen many benefits from better water infiltration, a lot less hours on equipment, fuel, being able to reduce our fertilizer side. So it's really simplified our operation. See what makes Soil Warrior different and better at SoilWarrior.com. You deserve to have a building that will last for generations. 
With more than 110 years of experience and thousands of satisfied customers, Morton Buildings is the industry leader you can trust. Unlike other construction companies, you work with Morton Buildings craftsmen from conception to completion. There's no better time to buy. Lock in your new building for 2020 today. Contact your local Morton sales office or visit mortonbuildings.com. With stronger bean prices ahead, don't let white mold reduce your yield and profits again this year. Contans WG reduces sclerotia in your fields, eliminating white mold at the source. White mold was a major problem in 2019, costing soybean farmers valuable yield potential. As you rotate back into those white mold infected areas this spring, protect yourself by applying Contans. Clean your soils and return lost yield potential to every soybean you plant with Contans WG. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way, including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to talk about some of the farmer rebate programs on crop protection products today. And we're also going to take your calls and agronomic questions all throughout the show. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. And that's exactly what Phil up in Michigan has done is call in. Phil, thanks for calling in. We really appreciate it. Well, hey, uh, thanks for uh, having me on. All right, you want to talk a little about wastewater treatment sludge. Is this kind of in regards to our caller we had yesterday, or is this just something you've been thinking about? Well, it's in, in regards to uh, the caller from yesterday. Uh, I can understand where this would be a good option for some, but for us in the fruit and vegetable industry, it's severely frowned upon uh, for a number of reasons, uh, and I think, you know, they're worried about E. coli, they're worried about heavy metals, and uh, products that uh, a human consumes. And, uh, Absolutely. Specifically for things like asparagus, uh, for apples, for peaches, for pears, uh, we have to go undergo uh, third-party food safety audits in order to sell our products. And if uh, one of the questions on that audit is, do you use... Uh, raw uh, manure, do you use uh, sewer sludge, that type of thing, and if you answer yes, that's an automatic failure. So I guess the reality is, is uh, know what your uh, market is and who's buying your product, and uh, pretty much got to go by what uh, their standards are. Yep, we agree 100% with you, Phil, and you know, to take that one step further, you mentioned heavy metals. We always encourage people, whatever they're putting on their field, I don't care if we're talking lime, we're talking sewage, manure, compost, anything, 
test it yourself. Find out what's actually in there because you don't want to overdo it on heavy metals. And then the other thing you don't want to overdo is salt. So if you're going to be putting salt out there, you got to do it in moderation. You want to have good drainage. And we've got to have a way to get those salts flushed out of there. Otherwise, eventually you're going to kill your soil. So, yep, we're, we're totally in agreement with you, Phil. Uh, excellent point. We just didn't have time to get to all that yesterday, but thanks for bringing it up. We appreciate it. Okay, uh, good to talk to you guys, and I listen to you whenever I'm in the tractor or my truck that I have uh, satellite radio in, and I don't always agree with everything you say, but uh, you're doing a great job overall, and I uh, really uh, appreciate uh, the work that you do in educating both us as farmers and non-farmers. So keep up the good work. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Phil. We really appreciate that. And I really appreciate this call today, too. I know we get a lot of calls from uh, especially vegetable producers in the in the Valley in California that call and talk about the same issue and just the, the rigorous process they have to go through and all the checks that are in place to try to avoid having some problems out there. So, yeah, like Brian said, we kind of shortchanged that yesterday just because we ran out of time. But uh, th- this was a great call today. Uh, we've got Joe Short on with us right now with Valent. Uh, we're going to talk a little about farmer rebate programs this year. And one thing about Valent, they've always been aggressive in marketing and trying to get good deals out there for farmers. Joe, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so you had a few changes versus what you had last year. And I, I know we got a lot of farmers gearing up to get out in the field. Just had a, a email question come in from a farmer up in North Dakota about, hey, I'm going to get out there with my soybean praise prees soon. What are some things that farmers should be thinking about going into this year? So, I mean, as we look at going into this next year, uh, you're, you're right that we had a little bit of changes as far as kind of the, some of the program offers. We're still obviously uh, continuing um, our participation in the Bear Plus Rewards program. It just changed a little bit how we how we participate that in that program and essentially for the, the valent products, which include the Fierce brand herbicides, uh, Mycoply and other products, they, they basically include the, uh, they just have to qualify for two bare portfolio products, and then they start to qualify for the rebate on the valent products. Yeah, that's pretty simple. And when you think about it, you look at all the different things. If you're doing Extend Soybeans, for example, well, chances are you're using Roundup, you're using Extendamax, and uh, it, it goes pretty quick. A lot of times you think, wow, I don't know if I'm going to use two things. Well, sure you are. you got fungicides, you got uh, lots of other products to choose from. And then, yeah, like you mentioned with these pre's, oftentimes we're not just putting out one pre. A lot of farmers are using two or three every time they're going out there. Well, and absolutely, if you as you look at, especially in the, the the reason we've always liked the Bear Plus Rewards Program, it really fits an agronomic recommendation. What both us and Bear are trying to put out there, and and there's a lot of growers because of dealing with uh, problems and weeds like water hemp and things like that. You're needing overlap overlapping residuals in the season, and so you're needing multiple products from that standpoint. All right, when we think about those pre's, you, you look at the multiple modes of action that you're putting into a lot of these products. Like you mentioned, the Fierce brand products, you're, you're getting more than one mode of action in there. And uh, for, for most of the weeds that we're after, that's exactly what we need. And these are really good modes of action, too, to choose from. Absolutely. That's that's why, I mean, it's, the Fierce family products have been um, made for great, versatile tools. I mean, if you look at with the, we as we came with Fierce, uh, the, originally with having two uh, effective modes of action and then with fierce xlt um having the, the part with clemeron for uh 
you know, large seeded broadleaf and giant rag for those areas in that. And then Fierce MT has been a great fit and really has been accepted for those people that are having those water hemp issues. Adding that third effective mode of action is just, it's critical for the weed control. All right. So with crop prices being high, a lot of growers are asking us, okay, I'm looking for something that's still going to give me a good return on investment, but maybe I haven't tried it before just when crop prices have been low and I haven't felt like I've been able to take a lot of chances on new things. Talk to us about MycoApply. That one seems to be catching fire. Yeah, so MycoApply has been a great product, um, and, and, and you're right. It's been one of those is, is we've uh, market conditions have been down. It's probably, you know, there's been folks that have said, hey, maybe I can't invest in that. But it is, I think that, you know, kind of I got to hear the uh, tail end of the conversation there. You talk about soil and soil health, and MycoApply really fits in that, especially where we're doing it, have farmers that are doing some type of tillage and things like that. Being able to improve that overall soil health and growth for the, the, the corn crop is critical, and MycoApply uh, SC makes for a great tool at plant to do there. Well, I know one of the places we're getting a lot of take on MycoApply and having farmers ask many questions, talking about using the product is in some of these prevent plant acres from the last couple of years. There have been some areas hit pretty hard. I know right here where we are in the Dakotas, there were literally millions of acres that didn't go in, and farmers are looking at jump-starting that soil biology again. And you, you, you've hit an ex, a great example. That is a, a, an area that uh, people are using MycoApply because because of that uh, prevent plant situation and not being able to basically replenish those soils, MycoApply is going to help do that for sure. Okay. Now, my understanding is you've got to put that in furrow to get the most out of it. We've got a number of farmers that will ask us about two by two. Is that close enough to the seed to, to really colonize on that root system quickly or, or do you really prefer to see it in furrow? I mean, we we really prefer to see it in furrow. We definitely we know we've seen some action where you can go two by two, but we know probably that optimum performance is going to be in furrow. But uh, you're gonna you're gonna see performance on the two by two also. All right, great stuff. We're talking with Joe Short here with Valent. Joe, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on, and good luck you're heading into the spring. Hey, appreciate it. Same to you guys. You know, Brian, you mentioned quite a few things there, and I, I, I look at the guys that are trying to put on more than one mode of action. I think it's fantastic because we, we don't want to run into a resistance issue, but there are a few supply shortages out there, too, where our, our encouragement has been get your stuff at home. If your dealer's got your stuff on hand, take it home before it runs short. Almost every industry right now is having supply issues. So there are a lot of things that happen because of COVID, because we have logistical issues right now, I, I mean, because we're seeing a real big and fast bounce back in terms of consumer spending and business spending. So here's the point. Like Darren said, we, we've been encouraging you this for a while, but please get your stuff now. Because the last thing we want to have happen is farmers start calling our show a couple months from now going, well, I'd love to do more with my crop, but I can't get my product. I don't care if we're talking fertilizer, ag chem. I don't think we're going to have many seed shortages. Okay, seed's fine. But fertilizer and ag chem, shortages. Okay, we already know nitrogen's way short. We know zinc's way short. People are running, literally running out. You can't get any today in certain areas of the United States. Uh, we've got products. You want glyphosate today. There are a lot of de dealers out. They're, they don't have any today. And they don't know when they're going to get it. So I'm just saying... Please get your stuff as soon as possible. Get your crop inputs because when you start looking at the prices for new crop, corn, beans, wheat, almost anything, you go, hey, I, I think I can make some dollars this year. Well, you're not going to make that many dollars if you can't get the products you want and need to control weeds, insects, diseases, or fertilize properly. So please move quickly, whether you're taking advantage of these farmer rebates or not. 
We'll talk a little more about rebates and then get back to the Ag PhD mailbag right after this. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. Protect your empire. Rule your fields with dual modes of action. Low-use rate Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC combines Group 14 and Group 15 modes of action for pre-plant and pre-emergence control of key broadleaf weeds and grasses. A preventative application keeps your fields clean when it matters most to crop productivity. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Step it up this season. Do more than just keep your soybean fields clean with Authority Supreme or Authority Edge herbicide from FMC. Walk those clean fields with pride and enter for your chance to win a $500 Cabela's gift card. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at stepitupwithfmc.com. Always read and follow label directions for use. Void were prohibited. Must be a legal U.S. resident and age of majority in your state to enter. See official rules for terms and conditions. As a little girl, I always wanted to run the combine because it meant I was helping dad. And dad always said, farmers are helpers. I'm teaching that to my daughters, that farmers help our family, our neighbors, and our community. It's what I do at work. I help farmers get the equipment they need. My name is Kim. I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe this spring with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at headsupst.com. You're looking for soybeans that give you the yield you want. But when it comes to fighting your toughest weeds, you also need flexibility. Introducing Extend Flex Soybeans. Elite genetics with triple tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate. The yield you want, the choice you need. Learn more at extendflexsoy.com. Always read and follow IRM where applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about farmer rebate programs, and I know we've talked about it a couple other times, but here we go. It's springtime. We're going to be putting stuff on fields uh, in our area really soon. I know many other farmers that we're getting feedback from say we're either out putting on product right now or we're about to. So here's your last shot to think about it. Make sure you're not missing something. Got our friend Lynn Holm with us right now with FMC. How you doing, Lynn? Hey, I am doing great. Thanks for the opportunity, Brian and Darren. 
you know, one of the complaints that we've had about farmer rebate programs is, oh my goodness, they're so complicated and so many hoops to jump through. And my first response is, well, did you check out the Freedom Pass? That doesn't seem so complicated. Exactly. Thank you. And you know what? We are continuing with that very popular program. Um, Growers continually and retailers continually tell us exactly what you said. Boy, we like that it's very straightforward and simple. And uh, there's over 30 different FMC products in the program. And it is very straightforward. We really focus on allowing growers and retailers to make the best agronomic decision for that acre. And so growers can purchase one product or they can purchase all 30 if they'd like to. But each product is its own independent program. And so it's more of a stacking program versus a bundling program. Growers don't have to buy a certain amount of seed or a certain type of seed. They don't uh, have to finance anything. And and they certainly don't have to buy multiple products and and qualify at different values. So uh, buy an FMC product, uh, receive the reward. It's, It's as easy as that. Yeah, you can find FMC Freedom Pass online really easy or just talk to your local retailer. And the thing I like about it, Lynn, is it makes it even easier to try new products. We've had so much talk about Zyway, for example. A lot of farmers excited about that one. What are you hearing about that? Well, I have to admit that my phone rings off the hook pretty much every day, and I get a question from a uh, somewhere is about, hey, tell me more about this product we can put on at plant and we get season-long disease control in our corn. And uh, about five minutes into the conversation, uh, they're very excited about it because um, what grower doesn't want to be able to make one trip over with his liquid fertilizer and have season-long disease, disease control in his corn and not have to worry about coming back over uh, spending that time and money in the summer and can be done uh, one time in the spring. Well, I think about it, if you don't have irrigation, a lot of growers say, man, it's just tough getting back out there, especially as corn gets a little bit taller. That's kind of a nice option. And then also when you think about the Thrive 3D system, that's one that's sure been gaining popularity around the country too. Guys really like a way to apply something in furrow and get so much more coverage. Can you talk about that? Right. So with the Thrive system, which also falls underneath our FMC Freedom Pass application innovation program, and so a grower can actually get that uh, system, the equipment, and the installation at no charge. So check out online how you can do that. But the whole concept is, is that we can plant up to 400 acres a day and just fill once. And so it really helps that grower with time, uh, a lot less product because we turn the, the product um, from a liquid into a foam. And so it's like a shaving cream type foam uh, in furrow there. And it's just so much more efficient uh, time-wise and we can get so many more acres covered with a lot less product. So it just really is very popular with growers. All right, certainly a lot of really popular FMC products. Uh, we're talking about the FMC Freedom Pass with our friend Lynn Holm with FMC. Uh, Lynn, uh, just real quick, could you give us a handful of FMC products? I know we get some feedback from farmers saying, ah, I don't know which all products are with FMC. Could you tell us which ones are included? Sure. Uh, so one that's new this, this year that was not included last year, but it is this year, is our Lucento fungicide. And so that's a new one. Uh, Top Guard is also one of our fungicides. Uh, 
our pre's would be the authority brand products and so our two new uh, authority products would be the authority edge and the authority supreme um, we get into of course zyway is our newest uh, fungicide and that comes in an lfr formulation and a 3d formulation uh, you get into some of the other areas we've got uh, steward is one of our insecticides hero is one of our insecticides Prevathon, uh, Vanticore, and uh, the list can go on and on. Uh, then we get into the wheat products, and we've got quite a portfolio of wheat products as well. So uh, FMC has quite the broad spectrum of, of uh, fungicides, herbicides, and insecticides, just depending on what those growers' needs are, what your geography is. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, because I, I know a lot of times growers will say, ah, that's that's just for your traded corn or beans. No, 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 no. This is wheat products, fungicides, insecticides. The whole works. We love the simplicity of the FMC Freedom Pass. Lynn, thank you so much. Really appreciate you sharing a little bit about that. Hey, you bet. Thanks much. You guys have a great day. You too. Yeah, there are a ton of different products there, and, and she's right. FMC has really grown. They've really picked up a lot of things there, and it makes it makes it easy when you don't have all the tie-ins. But sometimes those tie-ins are nice because they accelerate things, like we were talking about the Bear Plus program earlier, and you get into some serious dollars on some of those tie-ins as well. Yep, absolutely. Corteva has rebates. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of different companies out there that have rebates. So, again, we would just encourage you, talk to your retailer, see what, actual costs are going to be on a net basis because at the end of the day that's what you really should care about and there are some very good deals out there and here's the other thing to not forget and this is part of the reason why we've been talking so much about hey pick your product up now buy it right now because a lot of this stuff got priced last summer and last fall when commodity prices were terrible and optimism was way down because think about it back then everybody was depressed about covid Ethanol plants were just starting to reopen again. Um, I mean, we had just had a lot of bad things happening. So almost always, companies will charge based on what they believe the market will bear. Well, at that time, companies did not believe that the market would bear that much. Plus, their costs were a lot cheaper. Today, I don't care what business you talk to. Go talk to any business. Ask them about their costs in the last three months. They've skyrocketed. So, of course, these companies, just like every company, has to raise prices. Some of them have already started raising prices. Some of them will be raising prices soon just because costs are higher. So we're just trying to help you by saying, hey, get these deals done now and buy your stuff, actually pick it up, take advantage of the rebate programs, and save some dollars so you can make this year a great year profitability-wise on your farm. All right, let's jump back into the Ag PhD mailbag. Okay, this one comes from Graham, Brian, about cover crops. And he said, what about allelopathic chemicals released by cover crops yep. after killing them? For yep. me specifically, I'm worried about killing rye at the wrong time when I'm going to be planting sweet corn. Do you know if there's a specific timing to avoid regarding the timing interval between killing the rye and planting of the corn, including potentially killing the rye after planting the corn? Would you see any problems with that? Okay, so... I don't, I'm going to start this by saying, I don't know for sure, but I don't believe that we have any major allelopathic issues going from rye into sweet corn. All right. So you can check that out on me. I, I don't know, but I don't believe there is any problem. Now, the whole thing is, if you've never heard of these allelopathic chemicals, I'll give you the example of alfalfa. This is the reason why you don't plant alfalfa into an existing alfalfa stand 
or into a stand you literally just killed off. What you want to do is give time for the soil to get rid of those I'm going to call them chemicals because it's natural stuff that the plant produces. So it stops or basically kills other plants of that same species from growing. And the reason why it does that is because the plant understands that, hey, if there are 50 plants right around me, uh, they're going to take my water and my food. So I can't have that. So these are natural pesticides, in effect, natural herbicides that the plant puts out. And in terms of rye, I don't know that it put, puts that much out. I, I have never heard that before with that particular grass uh, species, nor have I heard any issues going into sweet corn. And I do know there are a lot of people that will plant right into standing rye with corn, with soybeans, with a number of other crops, and, and then they kill the rye off. So I'm, I'm just not that concerned. All right. Thanks for the question, Graham. Really appreciate that. And of course, our phone lines are going to be open throughout the rest of the show here at 844-44-AG-PHD. Or you can email us radio at agphd.com with your questions. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. When it comes to weed control, our cards have always been on the table because we believe you deserve near-zero volatility, flexible tank mixing, and a wide application window. That's the Enlist Weed Control System. Just better. With no ifs, ands, or buts. Discover better weed control. Enlist.com. Enlist.com. Wherever you go. Whatever you're doing. Whenever you want. Farm your way with Case IH AFS Connect. Now you can farm, share data, and manage your fleet however, whenever, and wherever you want. Learn more at caseih.com slash farmyourway. High-yield growers know that bringing in big bushels means establishing excellent emergence. Start your crop off right with the Germinator Closing Wheel from FarmShop MFG. The Germinator spike design excels in variable soils and eliminates sidewall compaction. But what makes the Germinator unique is its inner rim shoulder firmer, which encases the seed with soil, maximizing seed to soil contact. It's not just any closing wheel. Reach your yield potential at farmshopmfg.com. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. 
It takes a team to beat resistant weeds. Experts agree using multiple herbicides with alternate modes of action increases your chances of beating resistant weeds. Tough 5EC is a selective, contact herbicide for post-emergence control of broadleaf weeds, especially herbicide-resistant strains. Tough 5EC is a perfect teammate, having a synergistic effect with HPBD inhibitors and enhances products in the PS2 group. Make Tough 5EC part of your winning team. Ask your local retailer about Tough 5EC or visit BelchamUSA.com. Always read and follow label instructions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can do what Jason did. He sent us an email, radio at agphd.com. Brian, it is a lime recommendation. And one of the things about this, when, when you're considering putting on lime on your fields, we always recommend get an analysis of the lime. There is so much difference. And I, I was kind of, I told Janelle at the break, I'm, I'm kind of excited for Brian to take a look at this lime because he may think a little bit differently about this particular one. So let me give you the background. Jason says we can get this product for $75 a ton plus delivery and plus spreader. The company would rent me a spreader for $10 an acre and they would charge me $40 a ton to deliver the product. So by my rough math here, that's $50 plus $75. That's $125 a ton. And anyway, he says he's got a pH of 5.8, trying to grow no-till canola, wheat, and peas on some poorly drained 24 CEC soil up in Alberta. But... When we look at that lime, it looks to me, Brian, it looks like it's good lime that's in big chunks that is mostly... So it's not uh, good lime. Yeah. Well, I think the lime is good. I think they just need to crush it more. I, I don't think they've really spent much time crushing this. Well, here's where Darren's going. Okay. What we're really looking for is all we'd like all our lime to pass through a uh, 100 sieve and only... 32% of it is passing through the 100. Yeah, 36, but only, 30, only 36, 36 is passing through a 60. Right, 36 through a 60. Uh, 77 is all through a 20. So the effective calcium carbonate equivalent is not going to be very good. He didn't give us that, so I don't know what the exact figure is, well, but it seems like it's a really expensive product to me. It's not going to change the pH as quickly or as effectively as what we would like. So a lot of the lime we use on our farm, it's 90-something percent, passes through the 100 sieve. So when we have that, I mean, it's it's amazing, fantastic stuff. Okay, so this lime is 150 miles away from Jason. And to me, that says, man, there's got to be a relatively good-sized city around you. I mean, 10,000 people maybe in a city that would have a water treatment facility that you could potentially get lime from them. And that would be much closer, and oftentimes right. you, you get almost all of it to run through a very fine sieve, which yep. means you're going to change your soil pH quickly. Now, not that at 5.8, you've got a long ways to go. If alfalfa is not on the rotation, a lot of times we're shooting for a 6.2 or 6.3 pH. So you don't have to move it very far. Even in that heavy CEC soil, it's not like it's this great big change. It would be helpful. Don't get me wrong. But man, that seems really expensive for something that's not going to work very well. Right. And here's the other thing. He said he has a 5.8 pH, but we know this from our ground and from almost any field we've ever been in our lives, 
the pH is not consistent across the field. So we, we talk about this on a regular basis here. We want smaller grids or smaller zones. I don't care. But smaller grids or zones when you start talking about lime, because look at the cost. I mean, even if you put one ton on, you're going to spend $125 an acre. That's really hard to justify. So you better make darn sure you actually need it there. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. It's just flat out a lot of money, especially for that particular product. So our advice is keep looking. All right. Thanks for the for the lime analysis there, Jason. Really appreciate seeing that. Uh, get this one from Hannah. She had just a little feedback about invasive weeds. I watch weekly on your program. I just wanted to mention a lot of the weed of the weeks are native plants, and there's a big difference between European invasive species and North American species that support native insects and desirable pollinators. Maybe just a brief mention of if the plant is indigenous indigenous to an area of North America would be helpful and also would love to see the binomial nomenclature for educational purposes. You know what, Hannah, I appreciate that comment. We're not that technical. We we know the common names of a lot of the bugs and a lot of the weeds that we see, and that's kind of what farmers are going by too. So I do get it that that would be pretty nice, uh, especially for people that are much more into it than we are. We're just looking at the bugs that are hurting our crops and the, exactly. the weeds that are taking away our yield, and we're just trying to control them on our tillable acres. Yeah, I'll put it to you this way. I mean, we tailor our show for farmers it and it's not really for the research community or the any, anyway when we talk about weeds i don't care where the weed is from if it's in my field and it's not supposed to be there i want it dead and there's nothing wrong with any person out there who owns ground keeping almost any plant as long as it's not a noxious weed they can keep almost any plant they want in their field so it's up to any farmer, any person who owns ground, if they want to control them or not. I'm simply saying, if I have a field of corn or soybeans and I see any other plant out there other than the corn or soybeans that's supposed to be there, I want it dead because it's hurting my net income. And then here's the other thing. It actually can be hurting the environment as well. And you might say, well, wait a second, this is an indigenous plant and it can support certain things. Yep, that's very possible. But I know for a fact this, when I raise an amazing crop, that gives me more soil life because I have more root mass, because I have uh, just better soil stability and ev everything else starts working very well. I have an overall healthier soil. That's you know, when we start looking at the long term with this, not just the short term and raising a good crop and making money, but we start looking at the long term. I want better soil and I can do that when I raise an amazing crop. And part of that is I got to control the weeds. All right. Thanks for the feedback. Thanks for checking out our show, too. We really appreciate it, Hannah. Got this from Stan in the Deep South. And Stan said, first of all, look forward to seeing you guys at your field day again this summer, July 29th. Also, just wanted to say how blessed we are compared to this time last year. We've got sunshine, drier conditions, high crop prices, and we're vaccinated. 
<laughs> Thanks, Dan. Appreciate that. He said, I want to hear you guys talk about the pre's for corn. I always hear you talking about the three pre's for soybeans, but how about in corn? I'm spraying three times out there to keep red root pigweed, mare's tail, other pigweed species, and later in season I've got morning glory issues. So I'm wondering, I've heard you talk about sharpen. I'm using dicamba in my program. Just wondering, does sharpen kill anything dicamba doesn't? Are you mainly just using it for residual? I've got a CEC that's 5 to 10, 2 to 3% organic matter pH in the sixes, and I've got sand, and we normally get 60 inches of rain. Is that our big challenge, the rain? Oh, okay, so first of all, Sharpen and Dicamba are two very, very different products. They're two different modes of action, and what we often say is we'd like to have multiple effective modes of action on any weed that we're after, then there's a lot less chance for resistance. Because never forget, a dead weed can never become a resistant weed. So we want every weed dead, for sure. So we like the Sharpen because it has excellent and very fast burndown activity, plus it has good residual, and it's outstanding on most all broadleaves. In terms of which broadleaves it's going to kill that dicamba won't, there's not a big list. But I will say there are a lot of people worried about dicamba resistance, and this is just a way to help mitigate that. Plus, with the Sharpen, you don't have to worry about the volatility or the drift that you do with dicamba. So, uh, uh, however, Sharpen has to be applied before any crop comes out of the ground. If the crop comes out of the ground, you hit it with Sharpen, it's dead. So that doesn't work. Whereas dicamba can be used pre or post, depending on the crop. But anyway, just two very different products. So I guess that's how I'd leave it. Yeah, it's it's you're right. There's a lot of different things out there. And you know, with that light soil and lots of rain, will residual herbicides last for a shorter time? Absolutely. Should you spread it out a little bit more? You know, like on corn or on soybeans brand, we talk about three pre's all at once. On corn, is this another situation where you're trying to add more residual in crop with that first post-emerge app? Well, dicamba definitely does give some residual. But the problem with the residual on dicamba, he mentioned 60 inches of rain. <laughs> Our dad always used to say, as soon as you get the first inch of rain on dicamba, it's done. You got no more residual. So if that comes two days later... I I'm not going to say you have no residual I, left, but I don't know most about, is gone. Yeah, and that geography, I don't know if it's gone in an inch. Here, an inch might take months. So <laughs> I, I get it. We probably have time working for us as well. Hey, thanks for the question. Really appreciate it, Stan, and look forward to seeing you again this summer. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you worried about nitrogen loss this spring? Well, we asked retailers what they thought about Instinct Next-Gen Nitrogen Stabilizer from Corteva AgriScience. What they said was so inspiring, we got an actor to reenact it. <clears throat> it's a great return on investment. A great return. Investment, investment. Great return. All right, I think I'm ready to record. It's that simple. Instinct Next-Gen is a great return on investment because it protects your nitrogen. Learn more at protectnitrogen.com. When it comes to competitive herbicide formulations, you know New Farm. They've been bringing growers trusted brands like Weedmaster, Patriot, and Diablo for decades, made right here in the USA. What's your favorite New Farm brand? Email it to turnuptheburn at newfarm.com and you'll be entered to win a monthly $1,000 product giveaway. In these unprecedented times, you're facing unprecedented pressure. New Farm's here to help. 
Pentair Hypro Ultra Low Drift nozzles are your ideal choice for the Enlist E3 herbicide system. With coverage comparable to flat fans and with 90% less drift, ULD nozzles meet all required standards for Enlist applications and provide optimal performance of contact herbicides. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. Start your crop off right with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our spike design excels on variable soils and shatters compaction. Plus, the unique shoulder firmer encases the seed to maximize seed-to-soil contact. Order yours at farmshopmfg.com. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with a Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards. And that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details. You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. the Ag PhD mailbag time on Ag PhD radio. We get a lot of questions in. We'd love to hear from you if there's ever an agronomic thing we can help you with or an agronomic debate that's come up, maybe between you and your brother. Not that that would ever happen. Maybe we could uh, be a non-biased party to, to help you work through that. Got this one from Lewis. He said, get a new planner. Electric drive, hydraulic lift, and downforce. My problem is if I narrow up the front wheels on my older front wheel assist tractor to match the 30-inch rows, I can't turn short enough. The it, it, I just end up with problems. So my question is, if I uh, had approximately two rows that I was going to run half on, oh, uh, no. would it affect my emergence? Yep. yep. Yes, it will. So... Got to find a different solution. Yeah, you don't yep. want to do that. You're going to impact well, your planting depth. You're going to inf- in, impact your emergence. You're okay. going to impact root development. And All right, here's here's something you could do too. You could harvest those rows separately and see what the difference is on yield. Yeah, you can watch those rows. I I would bet don't, you don't don't I could do that. pick them out from the air right, as I'm flying over your field during the year. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, so you have you have several options. One, you could buy a different tractor. Two, you could. Uh, go to even wider and and go out to the next row okay so now you're going to have tracks in two different rows i'd rather you do that than run over a part row so do do something different otherwise the third option or i don't know how many options i got to i think this is three uh is you can back up a little bit i mean i realize you can't make the turn back up and go back in i mean we used to do that so you have choices that the what you suggested though that would not be the option we would pick 
All right, thanks for the thanks for the question. Okay, get this one uh, from Milkweed. I uh, just want you guys at Ag PhD to know in central Indiana, milkweeds are not a problem. They're under control, and people like them. They attract butterflies. Hey, I agree with you that people do like them, and they do like to uh, have them in their landscaping or something like that. That is wonderful. I just don't want them out in my crop field. Wait. And I'd agree with you. They are pretty under control out in crop fields since we've had around to pretty crops. We just haven't had a problem with milkweeds anymore. Okay. But Darren, you said people like them. All right. Some people like them. Yes. I do not like them. I do not want them out in my crop. I want them all dead. But anybody can raise milkweed just like I want all my corn dead out in my soybean field. Well, corn's the number one crop raised in the United States. And now I'm, I'm saying I want it dead. Yes, I do. When it's in the wrong place. So... The, the suggestion that we've had for, for people for years that are worried about the butterflies is go promote it to all the homeowners, all the acreage people, everything else. It's just to tell what, what we get, uh, I, and I'll just be blunt here, we get a little offended by is when non-farmers start telling us farmers, oh, you've got to leave milkweeds out in your crop. Really? So I now have to spend a bunch of money because I'm going to have lost income, lost yield, I have to spend a bunch of money to take care of this problem? No way. That's not fair. If you want me to do that, then pay me. Otherwise, you do that on some other acres. So I'm not saying that to you. I'm just saying that's the reason why we get a little bit disturbed sometimes about some of these different native plants or milkweed or whatever. They're fine. We're not saying there's anything wrong with them. It's just that when they're in a crop field, that's going to hurt someone's income. Because, I mean, I I don't think for some non-farmers out there, they understand the amount of risk that a farmer has and the amount of losses that a farmer has in any given year. I mean, there were a lot of farmers that had massive losses in 2017, 2018, 2019, and even 2020. And you go, and now I'm supposed to do this? No. Nope. Not going to happen. So, but there, the, here's the good news. There are enormous amounts of acres that are not in crops in the United States, in Canada, in almost every country. For all those acres, sure, go have whatever plant out there that you want to have. And we have no issue with milkweed in those situations. All right. Thanks for the feedback. Uh, Get this one from from Sev up in North Dakota. Uh, who says, I watch a show on soybean pre-emerges, and everybody wants three modes of action, so we're going to try a new product called Kyber from Corteva this year. They advertise that as being the only three-mode of action product as an all-in-one. I'll tell you what it is, Brian. It is Valor, it is Zidua, and it is Metribuzin. So it's a it's three known actives. It's not anything new. It's just new that they've mixed this together. Right. He goes, you haven't talked about Kyber, at least from what I've seen. Just wanted to get your opinion about yep. that. Yep, and here's the reason why. Because we'd rather save the Zidua for early post, and we'd rather use a yellow pre. The reason why we talk about this so much is in soybeans, a lot of the soybeans are grown in the United States in rotation with corn. And in corn, almost every farmer uses a group 15 herbicide, something like Harness, Surpass, Outlook, Dual, Zidual. Okay, and we don't have any big issue with also using that in soybeans. It's just, we just use it in corn. Why not use a yellow that's better on grass, better on broadleaves, and you don't use it in corn? So 
Plus, if you use, if you're going to till this in, you could use trifluralin that's way cheaper. So you could just mix your own Valor, Metribuzin, and uh, and trifluralin, and you'd save money. Number one. Number two, you'd have another mode of action that you're not using in corn. And number three, you get to save the zidua for early post. So that's the reason why we haven't talked about Kyber. But if you want to use it, there's nothing there's wrong nothing with it. Nothing wrong with that nope, product. Nope, it's a good one. All right, thanks for the question, Sev. I uh, get this one from Jason in southeast Indiana. He said, I'm curious, have you guys done any research on in-furrow soybean fertility, and what do you do on your own farm? Yeah, so we just talked about that as a topic maybe a couple of days ago, I think. And on our own farm, what we're typically doing is maybe a gallon in-furrow. And that gallon will be maybe three-quarters of some kind of P and K blend. So we use ProGerm and SureK on our farm, they're agri-liquid products. And then we'll use a micronutrient blend for the other quart. So that's kind of the standard thing. We've also thrown in a quart of manganese sometimes because we've had issues with manganese availability in our soils. Uh, but that's not the standard thing that we're doing right now. So the, the big thing too is we put it with water to safen it even more. And while you could technically go a little higher with some of these low-salt products, we just worry a lot about our soybeans. And, you know, you can kill a few soybeans even, and it's not the end of the world. Most soybean plants will make up for that. But we figure seed's expensive. I don't really want to have anything dead if I can help it. So we keep the rate low there. Then you could technically run a little more two-by-two. And certainly a deep band or a broadcast, you can run a bunch more. All right. Thanks for the question. Get this one from Steven. And get it right down a couple numbers here, Brands, if you're ready. All right. CEC is 20.5. pH is consistently below 5.5. Phosphorus is below 10 parts per million. Okay. All right. This field's currently standing corn stalks. I was planning on putting soybeans in there and, and doing them no-till. But now I saw the soil test results come back. A uh, couple of questions here. First of all, how should I address the pH issue? We've got all types of lime available. I'm leaning towards Pell lime in the short term and then applying conventional low mag lime this fall. And Fine. then for the phosphorus, where do you think my levels need to be for corn and for soybeans? Okay, so I can't answer the question on the low mag lime because he didn't give us his magnesium and calcium numbers. So if you have high magnesium, then for sure go with the low magnesium lime or as we would call it, calcitic lime. Anyway. One detail I left off too. It's rented ground that he's just getting started renting. Okay. So I'm assuming you get a long-term contract here when you're talking about putting lime out there because lime's going to take, in general, three years to fully be yes. realized. Yes. Uh, but anyway... In the short term, yes, the Pell Lime solution is good because the pH is hurting you in corn or soybeans. So what do we like to see for phosphorus levels? That all depends on your yield goal. I'll tell you on our farm, I want to see 100 parts per million on phosphorus because we're going for 250 plus on corn and we're going for 80 plus on soybeans. So that's the reason why we want quite a bit. And I know it may sound like a lot, but it's really not that much when you start looking at the nutrient removal charts and also consider that many farmers only apply fertilizer, P and K, once every two years. If you are in that camp, you got to make sure that you've got enough in the soil for two years of great crops. And just go, you can go download the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal app, take a look at how much 250 bushel corn uses, 
and 80 bushel soybeans. Add those two numbers together, and then you're going to go, oh, now I see why you want 100 parts per million. So that's what I want on my farm. You know, most people will say, oh, they're good with 50 or 60, something like that. But 10, not going to cut it. I will say in the short term, banding's really going to help you because you can get it into the plant quickly. So broadcast is nice for a long-term build, but short term, I'd probably band. All right. Thanks for the questions. Really appreciate that, Stephen. Yeah, if you if you want to send in the full soil tests, if, if you want us to look at the uh, calcium and magnesium, that type of thing, more than happy to do that. Thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.